Thank you for tuning in to the Springs Church Podcast. Here, you'll find messages that are powerful, inspiring, but most importantly, straight from the Word of God. If you're located near Tacoa, Georgia, or in Tacoa, Georgia, we'd love to see you on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Enjoy today's message, and remember, we love you, Tacoa. so glad you guys are here this morning. Thank you for joining us. We on, we, we, we're about to start the last week of, of the fast. Um, you know, um, and we encourage you, if you haven't done it, if you haven't started yet, you still have one week, you can still jump in um, to fast and see God's face. Um, fast is a powerful thing, I'm telling you. Fast is a powerful thing. You know, I was reading some history books, the early church, um, and I saw a verse this week in the book of Acts. Um, even after a few years after Pentecost, you can see the word fast and the passages. They talk about, we're going to fast. We're going to go do this. We're going to fast. You know, the 21st modern day church, we want power. We want God to move in our lives, but we don't want to pay a price. You have to pay a price. You have to pay a price. Um, um, and fast is a way we, we, we give God a sacrifice. He'll honor that. Um, and, and I will not be here today if it wasn't for fasting. Um, I was in a 40 days fast. Um, I did two 40 day fasts back to back in 2020. Uh, I feel I, I was in a place I didn't know what's next in the season of my life, and I was fasting. And I saw I wasn't preaching. I was just, you know, I was in ministry, but I was not fulfilling my calling. The first fast, I was sitting in my office. I'm praying around 4 o'clock in the morning, and I saw a chain in my left foot explode. And Lord said, I'm going to release you for the next season of the ministry. And then I finished the fast, and COVID is about to hit. I finished the fast on Sunday, and then um, ready to start eating some meat. I was excited, and Lord said, you need to go back to another 40 days fast. I said, you sure, God? Is it it's you? That's got to be the flesh. And Lord said, there's a something that's about to hit this country. If you fast, it will not touch a single. None of your family will die. And then... Um, and COVID, and they shut down the country on, on Tuesday. Because I remember exactly. Uh, because I, I said, what's going on? Lord said, fast, you will not lose a single family. During the fast, people staying at home, and I could not enjoy meal. You know, my kids were eating. That's all they did during the watch TV and eat. <laughs> and I was suffering. <laughs> and then it was during that fast. And I was praying upstairs in my office, and I saw the word Tokoa. And, uh, and I said, Tokoa? Because I live in Washington. I said, Tokoa? Because I've never been to Tokoa, except one time I lost something. I came here to pick up, and I left. I said, this town's, I don't, I don't know what's about that town. <laughs> I went to the court, got some papers and, 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 uh, for my kids. Um, went to get a birth certificate. They said, it's the closest place. And I said, Lord, what's Tokoa? 
And at first, you know, when I used to own a coffee shop in Warriston. That's the main reason we moved in Warriston. We, we started a, co a coffee shop at, at, the, at the school. You know, God was setting me up. There's no reason I live in Athens and move to Warriston, you know. Um, but God was sending up, at first I thought it was about the coffee, but it wasn't about the coffee shop. So, so in that process, um, somebody asked me to sell the coffee shop, I sold it. And I said, man, God, why did I move here? Why did I move here? It's, it's a waste of time. But the thing was never about the coffee shop because if I live in Athens, I will never drive an hour. I don't drive, I don't go out. This is my second time I've been out this week. <laughs> I went out Saturday and come to prayer and Sunday. I can stay home, never go out, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't have to go out. Um, and Lord said, Tokoa. And I was praying and I walk out the, my wife was sitting at the porch, I went out, she said, God's ready to move us out of current place where we are. I said, nah. He said, God's, gonna, God's about to move. I kid you not, less than 15 hours, I got a call from a, from a superintendent. They said, there's a church that's closed. It's gonna take a miracle. <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, you don't have to say anything. Lord already spoke to me. And, they were, and the craziest thing, they were having a prayer meeting and the, they had a bunch of ladies praying. They said, they need to find somebody who know how to fight spiritual warfare. It can't be somebody. They said, the person that needs to come to court, somebody knows how to fight. And my name came up. And I knew it. The moment I stepped in this place, I said, oh, I'm in for something. It reminds me of Haiti. <laughs> somebody say amen. So I'm encouraging you. Fast will, will unlock your destiny. There's things in your life you're doing right now is going to shift in your life. Things are going to happen. Somebody say amen. Let's read this passage. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. First John 3, 4. Let's read it together. And let's read Romans 3, 23. It says, everyone who sins breaks the law. We have that verse. Um, I probably didn't put it. That's fine. Everyone who sins breaks the law. This is 1 John 3, 4. Romans 3, 24. All have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. For all have sins. Let's throw that verse up for you guys. The first verse, 1 John 3, 4. It's in the notes. And, and for all have sins and fall short of the glory of God. Let's bow and pray. Father, I pray right now for, for your presence. Lord, I, this is not a happy shout message. Lord, I'm asking Holy Spirit to, thank you, to convict right now as we're fasting and seeking your face. Lord, we need to balance. That's what we're doing. We're balancing your message. We're balancing your food, oh God. I know this message is bitter, it's not sweet, but we need to hear those things, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The biggest problem of humanity is not poverty, it's not sickness. 
The greatest challenge that mankind is facing right now is not child trafficking, it's not racism, it's not genocide, it's not the war in Russia, it's not the nuclear threat between China and Taiwan, it's not what's happening in the Senate at the White House, it's not what's happening in that neighborhood that nobody wants to drive. It's not what's happening in our country, kids shooting at other kids. It's not what you see happening in a country, um, the hate we see, the division that we see. The problem that humanity is facing, the problem of humanity is sin. No one will go to hell because of poverty. No one will go to hell because of sickness. No one will go to hell because they're not married or uneducated. People will spend eternity without God is because of sin. We often like to blame the devil for everything, for everything that's happening, especially us charismatic church, we love to say the devil made me do it. But I wanna remind you, the devil was in the garden, but there were no chaos, he was there. It was until sin was introduced that the world fell apart. I love how we love to blame the devil, but if there's no trash, there's no flies. If there's, if there's flies, because there's trash. The devil can only come where there's sin, and that's what he used. And today we're going to talk about sin today. Sin will ruin a beautiful life. Sin will ruin your marriage. Sin will ruin your career. Sin doesn't matter how far, how tall, how much money you have, how much prestige you have. Sin will ruin your life. Sin will ruin your career, your family, your kids' life, your children, your grandkids. Sin will destroy you. What is sin? Sin is when we break God's law. Sin is when we decide to do our own things and do not follow God's precepts. There are two types of sin. We know all of us are born in sin. This is a sin nature. Today we're not talking about that. We're talking about the actions of sin. The Bible says we all were born as sinners. That's what he says. And he said, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and short fall of the glory of God. This is the sin nature. A baby doesn't, you know, usher at this age, he already starts saying, mine, he's selfish. Nobody taught him that. This is a sin nature. At, the, at that age, they're selfish. They don't want to share toys. It's, it's, it's in our nature. But today, we're talking about actions of sin this morning. The modern-day church loves to call sin bad habits. You know, the 21st century cool church, you know, we don't want to offend people. We call it hang-ups bad habits but the bible call it sin sin is not bad habit bad habits yeah I, you could be nasty you don't change clothes 
that don't send, that's not going to send you to hell. You maybe stink. We don't, you know, I'll run away from you. <coughs> that's a bad habit. You may don't like to brush your teeth. You have bad breath, but bad breath not going to send you to hell. That's not a bad habit. Sin is not bad habits. Are you with me this morning? Where does sins come from? Sins come from, the Bible says in Romans 5, 12, it says, just as, just, just, therefore, just as sin come into the world through one man, and death came through sin. Sin came because of one man, Adam. Psalms 51, verse 5 says, for I was born a sinner. All of us are born a sinner. There's nothing good in us. That's what Paul says. It's not me. I know the church love to say you have a champion inside of you. You're good. You're good. You know, that's self, that's self-made religion. There's nothing good inside of us. And that's why we need a redeemer. That's why we need a savior. I know that's not a message we don't want to hear, but during this time of fast, is a time we're humbling yourself to realize, man, Lord, change our lives. I know we want to hear how God's going to bless us. Yeah, God's going to move, but... But what does God want from you doing this fast? The Bible said, for, all, for I was born a sinner from the moment my mother conceived me. Second thing, you know, Romans 7, 18, Paul said, for I know that good itself does, that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have no desire to do what's good. Not only third thing, sin leads to death. Sin has consequences. For the Bible says, Romans 6.23 says, let's say it again. For the wages, this is the payment because sin has a payment. You're going to pay something. He said, for the wage of sin is death, but the fruit of God is eternal life. Sin has consequences. Ezekiel 18.20 says, let's read the Bible. He said, the one who sin is the one who will die. That's the consequence of sin. I know we don't want to hear about it. There's a reward for living holy. Let me say this. There are consequences for sinning. I know, you, I know the modern day church don't want to hear it, but what you sow, that's what you're going to reap. It's just like the law of gravity. You know, people, don't, people want to skip that and they think they can live life however they want to. There's not going to be consequences. It's like the law of gravity. You know, you may not respect the law of gravity. You may say the law of gravity doesn't exist. You may say you can break it. You can do whatever you want with it. You know, gravity is not going to tell you anything. You can say, I don't feel gravity is going to hurt me. You can say, I, 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 I'm more powerful than gravity. Gravity, shut up. Gravity, you don't have nothing to say about my life. I can do whatever I want to. I can despise you. I can ignore your fight. I can ignore the law. And gravity won't hold you back. Gravity will not tell you nothing. Just like when I was a kid, I thought I was Superman. You know, I took a, a sheet and tied on my neck. And in Haiti, we, we have cement floor, we have tile. We don't have carpets. 
And after I watched Superman, he was beating those, those guys who were dressing in black. He crushed that guy's hand and he was flying. And, and I went, you know, there were 15 steps in my house and I tied that rope and I, th I tied that sheep's hand and I said, Superman. Gravity did not stop me. It may appear I had the last word, but gravity had the last word. And when I hit that floor, I lost two teeth. Until this day, you can see I have two big, two big old teeth here in front. My sister probably laughing at me because it's a joke in my family. <laughs> gravity did not adjust itself because of what I think. That law was so strong, it didn't change anything. And that's the consequences of sin. Some of you think you can get away, you can do whatever you want to. Sin's not going to hold you back, but you're going to pay. Fourth thing, sin will destroy your conscience. Sin will harden your heart. This is what it says in Hebrew 3 verse 13. He said, but encourage one another as long as it's called you to this. So, so none of you may be hardened. Watch that word may be hardened by sin and his deceitfulness. What does sin do to you, to you? Sin will hold your heart. Sin will make you hurt the people that you love the most. Sin will make you hurt your wife. Sin will make you hurt your own kids. Sin will say you can go away with it. There's no consequences. And because of those things, you, you're so deceived. You think you can walk away and leave that spouse and, 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 and walk away from that marriage because you think life is going to be better. And then kids get hurt because sin tells you you're on top of the world. Nobody can stop you. Sin will say you can get away with it. Sin will, sin will deceive you. How many, how many times people give up on their kids for drugs, for alcohol? They give up everything, walk away from ministry, walk away from everything God has done in their life because sin said, you, you're going to get away with it. They thought they would never get caught up. They think this thing, they, they think they can hide it. They think they can live that double life. They think, oh, I can, I can do this. I will never cut up. Sin deceived them. How, how, how? You stand, you stand. You said, I commit for this thing for life until death. Uh, um, um, separate us and you go and get in the bed with somebody else and you tap your family you tap your family you tap your kids and you think you can get away sin deceive you how can you do this what were you thinking you think you think that drug wasn't going to destroy your life you think taking those shots because that's what sin said it's just a fun time it's a cool time yeah let me yeah let's have fun let's let me take that bottle everything's going to be okay it's fun everybody's doing it and that's what sin tells you he deceives you and say there's no there's no consequences and you become hardened because now you're selling everything at your house how many times we see people selling everything at the house because they, people are crying kids are crying but because they're so caught up with that sin sin deceived them said i can take care of it later Sin will make your heart, when you play with sin, it will lead you to do more wicked things.
Not only sin will destroy your conscience, you don't have no conscience. Because that's what sin does, it destroys your conscience. It destroys your conscience. What used to bother you, what's, what, what used to make you sad, what makes you, what used to make you, when you start uh, 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 embracing it, Fifth thing, sin will derail you. Sin will mess you up. Sin will change the trajectory of your life. I know, I know, we, I know, I, I know we don't want to talk about those things, but it's the truth. God's plan for Moses was for him to go to the promised land, but because he disobeyed God, he hit that rock and God said, you're not going. There's a shift happening. He got to bury you. stay here. You break my law. You stay here. That was not God's plan for Simpson. He, you know, because some of you say, oh, God is talking about the story that we read in the Bible is the people that God's called, God had planned for their life, God has purpose for their life, for them to do great things, and sin messed them up. Sin changed the, the, the direction of their life. Don't think sin will not change your destiny if you play with sin. How many churches, how many pastors, and I'm talking to myself too, because I'm preaching to myself, how many pastors we know, people that we look up to, and then they play with sin, and the whole ministry got destroyed. Everything turned around, they, you know, everything tear apart. How many families we know that, that, that tear apart to the kids are crying, kids are lonely, families destroyed, they fell into joy because the dad, the mom took, play with sin, and sin changed the whole family. Change, I'm talking about sin this morning. We don't play with sin. Sin will derail your life. Look at Judas. That was that he died because he played with sin because he loved money and he played with sin. He ended up hanging himself. He commits suicide. Total destruction. Solomon. Solomon. You don't understand Solomon. Do you understand who Solomon is? Nobody. God was the richest guy on this earth. I know some of you don't believe it, but history says he was the richest guy on, on the planet Earth. He saw God. He was so close to God. God spoke to him. He had money. He had everything you could imagine. And God rejected him. Not only his wife, his, his life was derailed because your sin doesn't only impact you. Remember that. I'm going to say this. Let me get closer to you. When you commit sin, you live a life of sin. As a parent, as a father, it doesn't only impact you. It impacts people around you. It impacts your friends. It impacts your kids. And that's what happened to Solomon. He thought he was, he was having fun. He thought he was having fun. He thought he was having, he was a good time. But the, after he died, his whole family got destroyed. They lost everything because of a sin. Sin will deal well with the plan of God in your life. Yeah. Don't play with sin this morning. Sin, sixth thing. Sin is a barrier to prayer. When you, when you live a life of sinning, you, you, you live a life that, that you think you can do whatever you want to, you can come here and pray and fast as much as you want to. But if you're living in a life of sin, God will not hear your prayers. It's not my word. I know, I know I want to see God hear prayer. But let's put this verse. Because I don't want you to think I'm talking. This is, this is the Bible. This is the Bible. He said, he said but, but your iniquities, 
You know, the thing is, sometimes it's not even God because you're so full of guilt and shame, you can't even pray. It's not even God not listening to you. It's because your heart is so heavy. <laughs> For, but you, your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sin have hidden, have hidden his, his face from you. So he will not hear you. Doing this fast, what things in your life that's holding God away from you? What pet sin do you have you don't want to let go? You better deal with that sin before. How you say those, those big old gorilla? Is that, I say gorilla? How you say this thing? How you say it right away? The gorilla, you know, those big monkeys. Okay. Deal with sin before it becomes what? Because when it gets big, you can't tame it. Let's put the New Testament because it's the Old Testament. It's the Old Testament. It's the Old Testament. This is this is Peter talking. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He said, in the same way, your husband must give honor to your wife. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together, and that's that's husband and wife both. It's not only husband. If some women use that, oh, you have to treat me right. I can do whatever I want to. But it's both ways. In the same way, your husband must give honor to your wife, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker vessel than you are, but she's equal partner in God, gift, new life. Treat as you should treat her. So your prayers will, will not be what? It talks about relationship. You're treating people right. You're treating people the wrong way. You're treating your spouse the wrong way, your husband, your wife. Your husband, your spouse, you're treating the wrong way. Don't expect God will hear you. You can't be treating that person like trash. The Bible says if you have something with your brother, go put the offering at the altar. Go and deal with it. God will not hear your prayers. Sin will hinder your prayers. Seven, sin will lead to bondage. Sin leads to addiction. First John 8, 34. Are you, are you, are you tracking with me this morning? Yeah. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who what? Proverbs 5, 22 said, the men will be held captive and will be bound in the court of his sins. Playing with sin will lead you to addiction. It, start, it, may, could start it, it, it may start it as a fun, but you can't master it, he'll control you. That drinking could, you know, say I can handle that just cup, I can handle that, 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 that one cup. I can handle that, that, that beer. I can handle it. Because remember, everybody who's addicted, every, everything started as fun. And if you're older and then you start drinking right now, it's like, dude, what are you doing? Your pastor, you, you start drinking after all that time in the ministry? I don't drink. We're old school. We don't drink alcohol here.
because I see too much devastation of what Akko has done. I'm painting, Mama is not going to know Budweiser. Corona. If you drink that, that's, that's a demon you're drinking. I'm just saying it. Yeah. I'll put it on a steak, you know, I'll cook with it, but not drinking it. I'll tenderize it. Oh, I, that is old school. I just step on somebody's toe. I, I'm going ahead and step on toes. Because the thing is, what you do in moderation, when they see it, your kids, I'm talking about your kids this morning, what you do in moderation, they always go to the next level. There are things I don't do because of my kids. I know I can control, but my kids see daddy drinking a bottle of beer. No, you know, you know, they're going to go to the next level. It is the truth. I've seen it in my own life. The things that my dad was very strict about, I'm, 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 I'm way cooler than him. I know that's not what the church, I know I, I saw a guy, I saw a preacher, he opened a can of beer in a pulpit. Shame on you, pastor. Shame on you. Shame on you. See, there's nothing wrong with it. Shame on you. You're going to have to answer to God. For that many drunk driving, people dying, family dying every year. Thousands, families lost their, lost their kids because of drunk driving. I know, I, I don't care. We're going to tell you the truth. You know, the, this is what he says. God told, God told um, um, Cain, he said, sin is like a, it's like an animal, sin crouched at your door. It desires, like sin is waiting. You know, he's always waiting, watching. This is a question like a, like a lion ready to devour you. And that's what sin is. Sin's always waiting to devour because he wants to devour your life. He wants to devour your kids. Sin is a deceptive master. Sin will deceive you. Sin will deceive you. Jesus, we pl- Jesus says, I'll tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is slaves of sin. And you know, the biggest thing is, I've seen it all the time, and I'm gonna say it, I say it all the time. I've met many people. When I was in college, I used to be a delivery driver, I delivered furniture, and I met people. You know, sometimes I try to strike conversation with them. I said, you know, I was trying to bring it to God. And I said, hey, he said, are you a Christian? He said, yeah, I'm a Christian. But I can see I'm at the house. I see how they live. I said, I said, where do you go to church? That's the first thing I usually say is I love the church. I love the church. If somebody hates the church, God does have a plan B. I know, I know, I know some churches are messed up. You know, we talk about that. I know some pastors are messed up, but not every pastor is a crook. Not every church are bad. So if every church are bad, every pastor is bad. So what's the, why, why Christ came and died for? So you tell me he died, he paid the price, so there's nobody honest and truthful? He wastes his time and he said, I give the gifts to the church. I give five gifts to the church, pastor, you know, apostle, prophet. And then you tell me, and all those things, Jesus fell. Let's see, the cross fell. The cross has no power. If every pastor is crooked, because some of you come here, everybody's crooked, everybody, because you see a couple guys on YouTube. But there's, there's, there are men of God who has not tarnished the gospel, who live right. What you see on the pulpit, that's what they leave at home. Not everybody's cooked because you because you did because you, you because you mess up in the head. You think everybody's cooking, everybody's doing something behind closed door. No. Some of us live for God. Some of us have a clean life. Some of us are paying the price. There are seven thousand who doesn't bow to that to that crazy thing going out the world right now. 
There are pastors who are faithful. Not every church are cooking. Stop with this nonsense. It's the devil that tells you that. So, so they usually say, I don't go to church. The church is man-made religion. And then usually I look and I said, and I said, oh, you, you're deceived. Because when I look at the fruits, you say you don't, you don't deal with things like that. You shocking up with that person you're not married? Oh, did I say that? You're not married. You can't live with somebody. Let me see. Look at, give me a camera. Give me a camera. Give me a camera. Give me a camera. Control room. Give me a camera. NASA, give me a control. Give me. A, if you're not married, you live with somebody. It's sin. I know the church don't want to talk about it. It's not bad habit. You didn't put a ring on it. You can't sleep beside it. <laughs> Jerry, stop. <laughs> You need to be in the spirit. He's in the flesh right now. Somebody say amen. Let me get back to my sermon. Oh, but, but the thing is, and I see, I'm not saying church is the, church cannot push you to live holy. That's what I'm saying. But sometimes sin will deceive you so much when you live a life of sin, you say, oh, I'm right, I'm okay. In fact, I, I'm a Christian. And in the life, does it line up with God's word? That's somebody who's been deceived. Live like hell and say, I'm a Christian, I'm going, to go, I'm going to go to heaven. No, you're not. You deceive. When you live so long in that sin, the enemy will tell you, you're okay. You try to, you try to say, why don't you, why don't you give, why don't you, no, I'm good, man. I, I, I'm good. In fact, you create your own step, you, own, you create your own things. Somebody say, Amen. You know, sin will create that illusion. Sin create that illusion. I heard a pastor said, and my parents used to do that to me too. When I was a kid, my dad used to put me on his lap. You know, he's, I used to want to drive. You know, I'll be driving the car. I'll be driving the car. And then he put me on his lap. And after like I'm driving, and then I sit on his lap after I'm turning the wheel. It's an illusion. I'm not in control of the wheels. And I'm, not that let me drive, I'm excited that the wheel turn, but my is the one changing the gas. He's the one changing the gears. He's the one that holding the, the wheels, even though my hands thinks I'm in control. Sin is illusion. Sin will make you think you're in control. I'm in control of that relationship. I know when to get out. I know I don't want to get, I'm in control how much I drink. I'm in control how much I give myself to this. Sin will make you think you're in control until he said, your time is up and you realize that drugs, that Percocet that you started taking, that little puff weed, you know, and I know some church say it's okay to, 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 to drink and smoke weed, no. It's, it's, from, it's, from, it's, from, it's from the earth, you know. That's the next, that's the thing you're gonna see this year. Sin will make you think you have control of your life. Are you getting this this morning? 
Because while we're fasting, that's what we're doing. We're humbling ourselves. We're saying, God, take the things away from our heart. Ten. Sin can cause you to become sick. Psalms 30, 30. I, I was reading, I was doing research last night. I, uh, uh, no shame, but it's a very conservative guy. I say, no, it's a lie. The church is lie. Pentecostals lie when they say sin can cause you sick. It's not, it's just, it's just common, common sense. It's, let's, let's go to the Bible because I don't want you to think it's me. Psalms 38, verse 2, what does it say? There's no soundness in my flesh because because of your anger, nor any health in my bone, because of what? Let's put Jesus, let's put Jesus, let's put Jesus. Let's put Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus healed that person. This is what he says to them. Jesus found out someone in the temple and said, see you have been made well. Sin no more. What do you think he's telling them? Let's, what? So that sin, whatever that person did, caused them to be sick. You know that monkey pox thing? You know the monkey pox, you, you don't hear about it anymore, they shut it down. And they say the reason people were sick is because of same-sex relationship. And then the moment they say that, News shut it down. I know people don't want to hear stuff like that, but they say, they say the reason people are getting that sickness is because of what? And they shut it down. The news don't talk about it. Sin, alcohol, destroy your liver. Smoking cigarette, destroy your lungs. Sleeping on a while, you can get sick, you can get AIDS, you can get herpes. That's the truth. Is it, is it not true? Is it not common sense? Is it not common sense, church? Sin will cause you sickness. Sin will bring disease into your life. When you're doing sin, it'll cause you, it'll cause you sickness. It'll destroy inside of you. Not only are you de- it brings depression, not only it causes sin, it brings all the demons too, because you're sleeping around, it brings demons. Somebody say amen. amen. Number 11, curse. Sin will bring curse on your life, on your kids. He says, however, if you do not obey God and you do not carefully follow all his commandments and decrees, I'm giving you to the, the, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Not only you, but your kids. You know, they, they had a research, they had, they had two people, they had Jonathan Edwards and they had a criminal, um, you know, Jonathan Edwards was a preacher. You know, he was a powerful preacher. You can read his sermons. And there was a criminal at the same time for, for most, they, 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 find, they find the genealogy of both guys, the one that was a Christian and the one who was a murderer for almost for, for 450 years. And they tracked the genealogy of both guys. They were born at, born at the same time. John, John and Edward, who was a Christian, who was a pastor, they found his genealogy and his lineage. They found presidents, they found lawyers, they found judge, they found people who were successful, who have done well. The guy who broke the law that was a criminal during the same time, 
they found his lineage. This is, this is, this is not, this is not, this is not, this is science, this is regular people. They found a guy who was committing crime during that time, went to jail, and his lineage, until now, they found criminals, rapists, murderers, that whole line, that whole family was cursed because of something the parent did. Sin will be cursed into your life. That's the truth. And sometimes your kids pay for it, for the thing you have done. Lastly, there's four stages of sins. 15, there's four stages of sins. There's five stages of sins. The first stage is seeing, is when you see it. You know, the Bible said, uh, David saw Bathsheba. That's the same thing, he saw it. That's why Job said, I will not put anything wicked before my eyes. He sees it. The second thing is, when you start seeing, every time, every, time you have, every time you see something, you start having desire for it. He was watching that woman, that he started having desire. That's the second stage of sin. The, the third stage of sin is, is participation. You jump from seeing, for desiring, because anything you, because a lot of you are here today because you saw it on, on, on Facebook and you said, I'm coming here to visit, right? It's the same thing. When you start looking at a woman with lustful eyes sooner or later, then you start having passion for it. The next thing you know, say, how do, how do we get into bed together? Third thing, participation. That's the third stage of sin. The fourth stage of sin is covering up because you have to cover it after you did the mess, after you slept around with the secretary, you have to cover it up, you have to have two phones, or you're dealing your messages so your spouse don't see it. And the last thing is, as a believer, you start living a double life. You become a Pharisee. You live two lives, especially us as Christians. When you start living a life of sin, you stop coming here, you start acting somebody else. You have to cover things up because you fall into sin. And the last step is exposure. There's a law connected to sin. Your sin will find you out. It doesn't matter how much you try to hide it. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. Your sin will find you up. There's a law connected to sin. Sooner or later, even after you die, the news will come out. Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I know some of you hear about it. Yeah. If you think he was high and mighty. He thought you could get away with it. He seems finding out. There was a big case a few years back. They call it, um, the website was Ashley, something like that. It was a big news in five years ago where you can commit adultery in secret. And then somebody leaked. Somebody went in, they hijacked the, the website, and they leaked everybody's name. The next Sunday, pastors were resigning, judges were resigning, officials were resigning, people quit the next morning because 
you know, they thought they could hide. Husband and wife could think they could have secret affair, secret arrangements. I saw something on Facebook last week. Somebody took a picture of a lady uh, moving on the side of the road, meeting with somebody else. That guy said, if it's your wife, he's meeting with somebody else. Put it on social media. And he took the, the plate picture. Your sin will find you out. There's a law connected to sin. Sooner or later, it's going to come out. You can try to hide it. You can try to cover it. It will come out. And one day, not only one day, God's going to put it in a whole jumbo show screen in front of everybody. There's a book called the Book of Remembrance. You don't know that? There's a book in heaven. You know, and in heaven, there's, 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 there's angels. That's all they do, writing things down. That's all they That's their job. That's their job. Good things and the bad things. You think you're going to go away with that sin? We don't have that word in English. Beat the dog, wait for the master. And it's a Haitian proverb says, if you beat the dog of the neighbor, sooner or later the neighbor is going to come and they're going to have a talk with you. This is a Haitian proverb. It's an African proverb. We talk about that. Beat the dog, wait for the master. You fool around with sin, and one day God will expose you. How many pastors were here last year? Well, the God that I follow, I love. I'm not saying them, you know. And they said he he was drunk. He went to somebody else's room. They thought they could cover it up, and then boom, it's all over the news. Oh, I had a drinking problem. Then I went to somebody, you, you went to somebody else's room. Your sin will find you out. Let me say this. Your sin will find you out. Your sin will expose you. Oh, we have that verse. Let's put that verse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I have several verses on that. Do you have all the verses? Let's put the next one. This is what Jesus said. Do you have any verse on that? He said, but if you do, if you fail to do this, You'll be sinning against the Lord. You may be sure what? If the moment the Lord says it, it becomes a law. The law of exposure. The moment God says it, you can't break it. You can't run away from it. Your sin will find you out. That's the six steps of sin. Lastly, you can have victory over sin. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's what he came for. That's the reason Jesus came. Is to have is to give you victory over the sin because with your own strength you cannot do it. Without my own strength, I cannot live holy. I can't do it. With the world, the world was pulling us. We can't live holy in this. You know that we, you, you can't live right in this world because there's so much junk. There's so much trash. Every time you turn social media, it's trash. It's something else pulling us away. You know, you know you can't go away with this. Everybody's doing it. But Jesus says, "This is what the word says. This is what he says." Hebrew nine, nine. He Hebrew nine verse twelve said. In fact, the law requires and nearly everything be cleansed with blood. Without the shedding blood, there's no remission of sin. And Jesus said, 
you shall have dominion over sin. This morning, whatever that thing that has dominion over you, whatever that, whatever slave to sin you are, that sin is pulling you like that, you don't have no control. Jesus says, no longer, you don't have to wait for sin to keep pulling you. Jesus said, I can give you the power to have dominion over sin. Whatever that's holding you back, whatever that's pulling you, Jesus said, he can give you the power to break that chain of sin. And today, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's marijuana. I don't care if it's sexual immorality. I don't care if it's drugs. I don't care whatever things you feel like you cannot overcome. I have good news for you. Jesus can set you free from that addiction. Jesus can set you free from that drug because whom the son set free is free and did and you ask you say pastor how can this be that's not right we got many proof of people come on Mrs. stand up stand up short up she was addicted to drugs she went to jail but look at her this morning because Jesus oh I said And this morning, I want to tell you, whatever you're struggling this morning, Jesus can give you victory. Not only he can give you victory, but he can wash you. He can wash. He can wash. Let's put 1 John 1, 7. It's weird, but if you're living in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with each other. The blood of who? Cleans us. Us? From what? Is it one sin? Come on, raise your hand right now. Tell him thank you. That he can cleanse you. Oh, I messed up so many times. But he washed us clean. And today he can wash you clean if you're watching alive. Jesus can wash you clean. There are 21 million people addicted to alcohol. And 22 million people who can function in America with alcohol. And I want to tell you this morning that Jesus can set you free. He can break the bondage of sin in your life. He can set you free from that addiction of Percocet. He can set you free from that sexual lust, sexual immorality. God can set you free this morning. And he can free all of us this morning. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. He can set you free this morning. Oh, he can set you free.